This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Good morning from my side. Welcome. Um, my name is Robert, for those of you who don't know me. And the lady who's sang here in front is my wife, Ruline. And yeah. Just from our side, a very warm welcome. Um, it's awesome to um, stand here today before you, and it's a privilege for me. Um, and yeah, it's really one of those things that, yeah, it's just every time so overwhelming to spend time in God's Word and be transformed by His Word. You know, um, I think that's the beauty of spending time and studying. You know, the, the Word says we must search Scripture. We sometimes quickly go through um, reading a bit, but when we start searching scripture and searching the meaning behind it and, and going into the depths of um, um, just the background of what the, the writers were doing, it's, it transforms us. It's amazing. And um, yeah, I trust that um, as we share the word today, that the Holy Spirit will also speak to your hearts. Um, I want to be out of the picture here. I want to to ask you to allow the Holy Spirit to really speak to your hearts. Okay, we're busy with the identity series, um, and it's very exciting for me. Um, I listened to Donnie's sermon on a on a um, audio, and it yeah, it's really um, I think such an important thing for us in today's life to to know who we are. Um, so I just want to kind of give a little bit of a background and a little bit of a recap of the series that we are doing. Okay, we, we, we're studying the book of Ephesians specifically um, to look um, what it says about our, our identity. Okay, so Ephesus was, a, was a basically the capital at the time in that area. Okay, it was like New York was in the USA. You know, it was the political hub. It was the economical hub. It was also a place of, of a lot of um, pagan worship. Okay, so there was a lot of mixed religional stuff also going on there, um, and, but, but a very, very big economical hub, okay? And, and Paul preached in Ephesus um, to the church there, and the church grew, okay? And you can um, read about that in Luke 19, okay? Ephesians is the letter that Paul wrote to, to the Ephesians um, a few years later when he was already outside of um, Ephesus, he was in jail, and then he wrote this letter to the Ephesians, encouraging the church that, that grew there at the time that he basically was preaching there. So um, the, I want to encourage you also, while we are busy with the series, to go and read Ephesians. It's a short book. It's six chapters. You can read through it in a, in quickly. I mean, your quiet time one morning or every morning, you can read through it. Um, but it's extremely loaded with a lot of truths of the gospel. And what it means to, to what, what Jesus did for us on the cross and the life that he gave is explained in so much, from so much different angles. And it's just awesome. Transform you. So I really want to encourage you. It's a short book. Very exciting book, but read it. It's awesome. Okay. Um, it won't take you long. So the, so the letter is basically um, divided into two sections. Forget funny screen. I'm not next, obviously. <laughs> okay, so the letter is basically divided into two sections, okay? The first part, um, it's, it's six chapters. The first three chapters is about 
basically who we are in Christ. Okay, and that's what we're speaking about, is our identity. Who, who are you in Christ? What did Christ come and do um, to redeem who we are? From the place where we were living outside of that thing that God planned for us to a place of, okay, now we can actually live in it. Okay, so the first three chapters is all about um, salvation worked in us. How do we apply salvation in our own lives? And then the second half is, is, the, is from four to six is about how do we live out our salvation? What does a life look like when Christ is in, in, in your life? And that's a practical part. And that salvation worked through us. So basically, um, I think we love to hear what we need to do. That's like kind of practical, okay? Give me the 10 things I need to do and I'll do it with everything I can, you know? And um, it's so important that these two stay together. So crucial. The one cannot go without the other. You cannot look at scripture and look at all the things that Paul is telling the Ephesians, listen, this is what your life should look like. Go and try your best to do all of those things and then through that become to belong in God's kingdom. That's not the way it works. They always go together. And the, and the second thing that's important is that, that the first part, the being part, always precedes the doing part. It precedes, right? So it's always before the other one. You cannot do it the other way around. Like I said, we're not trying to achieve a lot of things and then we belong to God's kingdom. No, God, is, God says we belong in his kingdom. And therefore, Donna said it so beautifully, you know, we, we, we know who we are and then it's a process of holiness. Okay, so the one, the first part always goes before the second part. Okay. Awesome. So, today we are asking the question, where do I belong? Okay? Where do we belong? And I want to I I just speak a bit about belonging. You know, I'd, we're not going to speak about the physical place, okay, we belong here, okay, in church or whatever. We, that, that sense of belonging, that emotional thing that, that all of us have, and it's normal to have it. We were created like that, actually. So it's perfectly normal to have that sense of, you know, I need to belong, I need to belong somewhere. I need to be a part of something bigger than myself. I need to contribute in an area. I need a place where I feel safe. You know, where, where, um, where when I share something that I'm understood. You know, a place where I can relate with other people. And we find it in so many areas. Um, but the, the point that I want to make is that it's inherent to us. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's a beautiful thing. To want to belong, okay? Um, there was a story, or there was a guy that lived in America, Chris McCandless um, is his name, and there was a movie made about his life into the wild. I don't know, maybe some of you have watched the movie. Um, it's basically a, about a person that, that says that, listen, I'm not going to follow the norm. I'm not going to um, basically just go through the routine of life and just end up where everybody's ending up. I'm going to take my stuff and I'm going to like go against society and I, I, I just feel that I don't belong here. You know? <laughs> Basically, um, the story is that, I don't know if they added to the movie or whatever, but after he graduated college, he took his money, he burnt all his money, and he said, okay, that's me and my backpack and here we go. You know? And it's this her heroic kind of, um, who can I mean say, this, it's like this awesome picture of this guy just doing his own thing and going into the wild. And... Um, the story goes on and everything, and it's the whole time he meets people on his journey. 
where there's this contrast between, listen, you need to belong, belong or, you know, some people love what he's doing, other, other people just trying to kind of speak sense to him. But the point that I want to make with the story is that um, it's a true story. He ended up alone. He ended up depressed in, in, in nature. And his famous last words that he wrote down with the last bit of energy that he had, he, 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 starved, he, he, he died of starvation at the end. But the last words that he wrote, he wrote it in a book, was um, happiness is only real when it is shared. That was his words. So that inherent place of belonging is inherent to all of us. That's just the point that I want to make with that, with that story. Is that, you know, actually saying that you don't want to belong is actually pride. <laughs> it's a place of, of saying that, listen, I'm, I'm not, don't want to be a part of anything. But it takes sometimes a bit of humility to say, okay, listen, I want to, I want to belong. Um, okay, awesome. So, Yeah, let's carry on. So, um, I want us to watch a short video clip. So, that video clip can spill. Um, yeah, you will know what it's about. Famous parable that goes like this. There was a father who had two sons. The older son is trustworthy and honors his father. And the younger son, he's a mess. He rebels and cashes in his inheritance to travel far away and blow it all on partying and being stupid. And then there's a famine in the land and he runs out of money. So he has to scrape by by taking care of somebody's pigs. And he's so hungry he wants to eat the pig slop, at which point it occurs to him, if I'm gonna be a farmhand, I might as well go home and work for my dad. At least I won't be eating pig food. So he treks back home, rehearsing his apology. Now, the father is certain that his son did not survive the famine. But then, one day, he sees someone walking down the road. It's his son. He's not dead. And so the father runs to him and embraces his son, kissing him all over. The son starts his speech. Dad, I don't deserve to be your son. Maybe I could come and work for you. But before he can finish, the father calls his servants to go get the nicest robe, new sandals, a fancy ring for his son. They are to prepare the best food for a banquet. It is time to celebrate. Now later that day, the older brother arrives from a long day working in the field to discover his long lost loser of a brother has come home and they're celebrating. And he gets angry. And think about it. He's been faithful to his father all of these years. He never got a party like this. And then this disgrace of a family member comes home and they're going to celebrate him? It's disgusting. He refuses to join the banquet. So the father finds the older brother outside and he says, Son, you are already in our family. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate your brother because he was lost and now he's found. He was dead, but now he's alive. Jesus wants the religious leaders to see the outsiders the way God sees them, as sons and daughters that are being reclaimed from death. Jesus' kingdom community was wide open to anybody. The only entry requirement is to humble yourself and recognize your need for God's mercy. And so the religious leader's rejection of Jesus and his crew is actually a rejection of the God of Israel. Okay, so that's the story of the prodigal son. Well, basically the story of the two sons in the father's house. Okay, and... and, and um, yeah, basically the first son, he kind of knew where he belonged, but he felt that there was something else, something more. You know, he, 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 
the, the world outside looked nicer, you know, and, and it, it was that kind of, kind of sense where he wanted to go out of the father's house to go and belong in another place. While the other son was in the father's house, he was where he belonged, but he had the wrong approach <laughs> in the father's house, okay? He was faithful in everything, and he, and he basically had that attitude of, um, listen, I'm going to um, do all these things right, and expect that blessing from, from, from the father. And at the end of the time, the father said, listen, you are in the house, son. What are you worrying? You can ask me anything. You can have it. What is mine is yours. But he had that attitude of, you know, father, you know, I've been faithful all this time, and you don't even give me something for me and my friends to enjoy. <laughs> See, that, that blessing that he wants is separate from the father. It's not with the father. That's the approach difference between, listen, when we are in the Father's house, the reason the Father's house is the Father's house is because of the Father, <laughs> not for all the things that we get in the Father's house. Okay, so that's basically the two categories that you can keep in the back of your mind when we speak today. Okay, so today we're going to look, dig into Ephesians to look um, what it means to truly belong in life. Okay, and um, there's a lot of different topics and a lot of different things that we're going to um, speak about. Um, so bear with me, but it's all based on Ephesians. Okay. Um, firstly, I want to I wanna just like kind of name a few examples of where we find belonging in the world. You know, it's usually the things we do, the, 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 the way we see things, the way, the, our perspective on, on life and our interest and also our background that basically um, puts us in categories where we belong. You know, if you think of your culture, that's automatically somewhere where you belong. You know, if you, um, if you are of a certain culture, um, I saw this um, on the news the other day. Um, in the, at the universities, there's a lot of rage going on about all these statues and everything and um, people wanting to break it down and universities have um, created departments just to solve these issues, <laughs> cultural issues. But, it's, but it's, a, it's, it's a real thing, you know, when you, when you are in a culture, you're already automatically in a, I almost want to say, in a place where you, where you belong, okay? So when you're around people of the same culture, you, you feel, okay, this, I belong, I belong in this, in this setting or in this um, area. Music is another one, you know, the kind of music that you listen to, it automatically puts you in a place where you belong, you know. You can share, if you can share your music with people and people that like the same kind of music. Um, schools that you went to, you know, when you get to a reunion, you can quickly relate with everybody because you had the same experiences, the same teachers yelling at you, giving you hidings and all of that stuff. So school is automatically also a place where you, where you um, feel, get that sense of belonging. Um, your age group, um, if you are of the same age group and can do the same activities and everything, that also is a sense of belonging. Your occupation, sports clubs, and today very big is also opinions of people, polit politics, um, activists, you know, global warming is something that people stand up for, you know, and, and, and um, by standing up for that, you actually belong in that opinion, if I can put it in that way. And then also, sadly, religion is one of them. Religion is also a place where, in a worldly sense, we strive to belong, okay? And, and when you are part of a religion, um, you do the things of that religion 
and then you belo- feel that belonging in that religion. Okay? And, and we are also guilty of it. I, I, I myself is also guilty of it. You know, we, 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 we find a worldly sense of belonging and we try to impress, and I almost want to say in a sense, um, sure, the words are leaving me today. But for my Johnny, uh, I'm <laughs> no, the um, church can easily become a place where we just feel that we belong. We feel that we we make a contribution. While it's so much deeper than that, belonging in God's kingdom is so much deeper than just doing stuff together as a as a church. Almost, I want to say, or as a religious group, and for, for forming part of that place where we belong. So, the very important thing that we need to know about belonging, true belonging, is that there will be peace, okay? So all of these things that I mentioned now basically um, is an area where you need to kind of, in a sense, perform in a certain way and act in a certain way to belong there, okay? If you, um, say for instance, okay, I play squash. Let's, let's use that example, okay? There's a squash club in town. I play squash and, you know, I don't really care about belonging there, I, I can say it to myself, okay? I love playing squash, okay? So that's what it's about for me, enjoying the sport, becoming better at the sport. But as soon as you start belonging there, <laughs> you need to do things in a certain way, otherwise you will be hammered, <laughs> basically, if you don't fit into that mold. Okay, so if, if, if you would... Um, Basically, go upstairs um, into the club and mingle with the people and start speaking and, 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 and say that, listen, um, you know, I don't, really, I don't really like sports or anything like that. You won't say something like that. <laughs> you won't say something like that because it won't fit the mold and you will kind of not belong there. Okay, so you, you don't want to disturb that belonging in a sense. Okay. But... The underlying thing is there, there's not peace. Okay, you always have this kind of underlying fear that you will be rejected. Okay, and that is, peace is one of the, I almost want to say the telltales of, um, of when you truly belong, is that there will be a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that um, it doesn't matter what I do now, I belong here. Okay, and it's going to become clear now. So let's get into Ephesians. And I want to start at the beginning of Ephesians 1, verse 1, where Paul greets, greets them in his letter. Okay, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, Ephesus, and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Okay, so he says there in verse 2, grace to you and peace. You see, the thing about operating in God's kingdom and the, the mistake that we often make is that we have the same attitude that we have in belonging in different clubs in our Christian walk as well. And I, for a long time in my life, <laughs> tried to fit in by doing the right things. Now you focus on the second half of the letter instead of the first half. 
It's by grace that we belong. It's not by doing a lot of things for God and, and doing works that we belong. Okay. So Paul greets them, and it's crucial that we, that we get this. He greets them in this order, grace to you and peace from God our Father. As soon as we realize that we are accepted and that we belong in God's kingdom because of the grace of God, the free gift that we receive, there's nothing that we can do to belong except to accept what Jesus is giving us. We have peace. As long as we try to work our way into God's kingdom, there's no peace because there's, there's that underlying fear that you will fail. What God is actually saying is, listen yeah, I've done it. You cannot fail anymore. Stop trying. It's by my grace that you belong in my kingdom. Not by your works. We can talk about works later. It's by my grace that you belong here. Okay. So, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 um, goes like this. For grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we sh should walk in them. Okay, so this sounds kind of contradicting. He's saying that, listen here, by grace you are saved, not by your works. If it's by your works, then you can boast. And we cannot boast. The only thing that we can boast in, Paul says, is in the cross of Christ. That's the only thing that we can boast in. But he's saying here that in your life, you have been created for those good works eventually. You will be fulfilled when you walk in those good works. Okay. We've been saved for good works. We haven't been saved through good works. Okay. We have that. Okay. That's basically what we, the, the crux of what we're going to speak about today. And we're going to look at different scriptures today just elaborating on this point. Okay. Amen. So the very important thing that we need to know here is that that peace is that assurance of salvation. If you're sitting here today and you don't have assurance of your salvation, the assurance that what Christ did for you is enough to save you. You don't have to do a lot of other things to be saved. You can have peace that what Jesus did is enough. You can have assurance of your salvation. If you don't have an assurance of your salvation and you think of the day that you're going to die, if you're going to drive out here and think you're going to die in a car accident now and you think of your life and you, you think, yo, I hope I make it, I want to tell you, we need to talk. We need to pray. You can have an assurance of your salvation through, through Christ. Okay, and if you haven't accepted the, the, when God is knocking on your door, if you, if you haven't accepted that, we're going to have an opportunity today for, for us to accept that life so that we can have an assurance of our salvation. Okay, and maybe, maybe a few of us must do that. You know, I often find myself in a place where I say, listen, um, sure, <laughs> if I think of the day that, that I need to, I don't know, it's maybe just the way we were brought up or something, but it's always that, that sense of a little bit of a fear still here at the back of your mind, like, yo, can I get Mark? We can have assurance of salvation. It's not dependent on us. It's dependent on Jesus. Amen.
So, belonging to a religion, you know, all religions in the world, except Christianity, works in, in the way that you need to do a lot of things. You need to fit the mold. You need to basically obey a law. Um, you need to do a lot of things. You need to pray um, so many times for so many weeks or whatever, and then you fit into the mold of that religion. Christianity is the only religion in the world where it works the other way around, where God says, you, you belong. Now I'm going to take you to a place where you can do the things you need to do. It's the only religion that it works that way around. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Ephesians, Ephesians 1 verse 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That is amazing, that piece of scripture. Let's just speak about that. God chose us before the foundation of the world. That means that when God created Adam, he was already chosen. We were created as chosen. Okay? There's no... I think sometimes we, we look at, at God and, and, and getting our lives right with God to solve a lot of problems in our lives. You know, we want to apply Christianity to our lives. <laughs> that's not... That's, Christianity and serving God is so much bigger than that. We sometimes say we need to sort out our life and, 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 and live better and then, you know, things will go better. You know? We just need to go to church. We just need to, yeah, just need to spend time with God and read the Bible and stuff. Christianity is so much bigger than that. We've been chosen before we were created. And we're going to yeah, elaborate on that also. But we just actually, I just want to pause for a moment and let us just think about that. That God had a plan for you before you messed up. God chose you before you chose him. It's not the other way around. Then the, then. Um, Paul goes on to speaks about and speaks about predestination, and I just want to read um, from um, chapter one from eleven. In him also we have obtained an, in, an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Okay, I just want to stop there. Um, what does predestination say about where we belong? predestination it's a destination that has been set out for you before before the time it's a plan that God had for your life an end destination that God had for you before the time it's predestined that points to God we, we are predestined to where we truly belong is with God that is what predestination is saying now, predestination doesn't mean, and a lot of people have this interpretation of predestination, is that some are chosen by God and others are not. So where you are destined to be is where God chose for it to be. So um, that basically puts a, a person that I almost want to say um, does not accept Jesus into his life in a place where he says, but listen, my destiny has been chosen for me by God. It's predestined, so, you know, it's not my fault. God chose that for me. That's not what predestination means. God desires all men to be saved. Okay, the scripture speaks about that. Um, 
1 Timothy 2, it says, for, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God's destiny, predestination for every single human being is with him. Whether you're going to accept that or not is your choice. But God chose you already. Some aren't chosen to be saved and others not. So we just need to get this straight. Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of people approach the scripture and say that, listen, God predestined for, for, for you to be saved, so no, that's not the truth. The truth is that God's destiny for each and every one of us is with him in the Father's house. The son that labored in the house and the son that walked away, both of them's destinies in the Father's house. They belong there in the Father's house. Amen. Then I just want to speak about backgrounds. And Paul actually elaborates a lot about this in his letter, he speaks about the Jews and the Gentiles. Okay, the Jews at that time were God's people. They were people that could have a relationship with God. And the Gentiles couldn't have a relationship with God before Jesus. So there was a wall of separation where the Jews were and where the Gentiles were. Okay? And Paul says here to them, listen, and he, and he, and he speaks a lot about this. And I think um, that many times we also approach it in this way. You know, we look at someone's background. Or we look at someone's culture and just say, listen, and that's like that, you know? Paul says here that everybody belongs to one in one house. Everybody belongs in God's kingdom. There's no more Jew and Gentile. There's no more circumcised and uncircumcised. Ephesians 2, 19. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Okay, so as soon as we live by the Spirit and not in the flesh anymore, we belong in one building, with Christ being the chief cornerstone. Christ bridging the gap between cultures, bridging the gap between a sinner and a saint, bridging the gap between people that grew up in a, in a I'm, I almost want to say in a Christian home and people growing up on the street. Christ bridges that gap. <laughs> That's amazing. That's always amazing for me. Our people from completely different cultures, completely different backgrounds relate in Christ. That's one of the most beautiful things for me, is just to know that it doesn't depend on how you grew up. It doesn't depend on what your culture or your language is. If you meet a Chinese person who knows Christ, you can just relate automatically. That's so beautiful. Christ is the bridge that bridges the gap. Amen. That is so, so awesome. So, in Christ, we all belong in God's kingdom doesn't matter what your background is or not. And then he goes further, or it goes further, to say that we belong together, but we belong together as one body. And this actually is so, such a beautiful thing for me. Um, Ephesians 1.22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, to the church, which is 
his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. Okay, so if we think of church, we sometimes think of Sundays coming here to this place. But the church is God's people globally. That's God's church. And what Paul is saying here is that God's church is the body of Christ, with Christ being the head. Okay, so we form part of Christ on earth. That is amazing. He says here that um, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So let's just read that again. And gave him to be head over, over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who dwell, who fills all in all. So Christ, the plan that God always had for his body, for his people, for the church, is that we will live out the fullness of Christ in a lost and dying world. We need to show Christ to the world. That is what God intended for us as his body, the church, to be. We represent the fullness of Christ on earth. That's sometimes a scary thought, but it's, it's what Paul is saying here. So what God is telling us is that when God, when, when man, God created man and Jesus um, was crucified, it wasn't a, a, a plan B to save the world. That's the predestination, the place where God wanted us is in the fullness, that the fullness of Christ can be lived through us as the body of Christ. And the beautiful thing about the body as well, if you just look at your body, <laughs> is there's so, so much, many different members working differently, looking differently, having different functions. And that's the beauty about the body is that it brings unity. That belonging that we, we, we look for, um, you say that, oh, I cannot, I cannot, I don't fit in that mold, I cannot do that um, the way that these church people do it. No. <laughs> the body is different members. You're supposed to be different. That's how you were created. I'm not talking about stepping outside of the biblical truths, but doing it in a certain way that everybody is doing it, feeling that you don't fit into that mold. That is such a lie. There's unity in diversity. The things that I do, someone else cannot do. The things that they do, I cannot do. The people they can reach, I cannot reach. We belong to the body of Christ and there's unity in that diversity. That's the most beautiful thing for me is to see the church operating and different churches in town as well. People, some churches will, will, will minister in a different way and reach completely different people than we would, for instance. And some people can relate to that and other people relate to this. And that's awesome. We're part of the body of Christ. The same spirit that dwells in us is the same spirit that dwells in, in the body of Christ. It's one body. And that's the beauty of that unity and diversity. We belong in the Father's house. Okay, Saki, you can I'm not going to be much longer. I just want to... I want to just say that, you know, all these um, things that we mentioned in the beginning where we find belonging in, in the world, you know, 
um, school reunions, um, ach, anything. So I think one, one thing is also um, that, is, that is a very crucial place of belonging is your family, you know, your physical family. You know, and, and, and the reality is that some people don't find belonging at their families, but that's also usually a place where we find belonging. Um, but anything, your occupation, working as an engineer or as whatever you are doing and finding purpose in what you are doing, it's, it's, it's okay to belong in those areas. It's okay for us to, to say, listen, um, I find purpose and belonging in these areas. There's nothing wrong with it. But what I want to tell you today is that <laughs> that peace that surpasses all understanding, that assurance of belonging to something higher than all of these things should guide the way that we walk. You know, when I've, I, I um, go play squash and I, I speak to the people afterwards and find belonging in that area, the fear of rejection, of sharing the gospel in that bar should not keep me from sharing that. Because I belong, I truly belong in something much higher than, a, than an earthly club. And it goes for all the things. Your work is temporary. When you go off this, the face of this earth one day, your work stays behind. The kingdom of God where you belong, truly belong, that's, that is what's going to stand at the end of the day. And I want to encourage you to belong in, in the world. I want to encourage you to, to, to be in the world. Um, scripture says, um, you know what Scripture says? <laughs> I don't know for a lot. But, but, but it says that you are in this world, but not of this world. Amen. We are in this world, but not of this world. We cannot separate ourselves and say, yeah, I, I belong to God's kingdom and, and don't relate with anyone. I don't believe that is what Paul is saying. We need to, we need to belong, but we need to have that knowing that we, truly, that we truly, truly belong. Amen. So my question today is, I just want everybody to close their eyes. As you, as you saw those two sons of the father, both belonging in the father's house or truly belonging there, I want to ask us, ask us today, which one of those two are we? Are you, are you the son that's still running away from the father's house and trying to seek belonging um, in other things and just kind of saying in the back of your head, Exalater, you know. I don't want to give everything now. It's, there's too much in life still to enjoy. There's too much I still need to experience in life. I, I, will, I, will, um, I will dedicate my life to God at the latest stage in my life. For now, I just want to be on my own and just enjoy life and belong wherever I want to belong. I want to spare you a lot of heartache and a lot of pain in your life and invite you to to just surrender to that knock that God is knocking on your heart. God has a place where you belong that's much better, much higher than anything this world can offer. 
And my prayer is that, 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 that you can see that today. Or perhaps you are, you are the second son and you, you, you approaching this whole Christianity thing from an angle of, um, you know, I've, I've done all these things, and, but God, why isn't God blessing me? Maybe you've served God your whole life. Or maybe you've served Him for a year or two years or a month. And you, and, and, and you, you look at your life and it, it doesn't look like God is even present in your life. I want to I ask you today and I want to invite you today to simply ask God with a knowing that you belong in the Father's house. Ask Him and know that what He has for you, what He has is yours. Allow God to speak to your heart. Allow, allow God to give that peace that surpasses all understanding to infiltrate your life. Instead of trying to achieve things by doing good and, 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 and being at the place of asking God, but, Heere, ek het al hierdie goeders gedoen en ek doen alles recht en ek bid en ek vertrouw in alles en why aren't, you, why, why aren't things happening the way that, that I need it to be, to be happening? <laughs> we all sometimes get to that place of just being at the end of ourselves and being at the end of, of trusting again and, and, and the end of asking again. And, and I personally also went through a lot of things like that. And I promise you, <laughs> simply go to Jesus. Simply go to Jesus. He will change your way, the way that, he, that, you, that you think about the Father's house, about where you belong. So I'm just going to pray for us. And then I want to ask if anyone can relate with one of those sons. <laughs> We would really, really love to pray with you. And we would really want to invite you to, to, to join in with our small groups where we do life together, where we speak in depth about these things. Um, yeah, I want to really invite you into God's, God's kingdom today. So let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you for today, Lord. Thank you that you are the giver of all good things, Lord. <laughs> thank you, God, that, that we belong, Lord. And God, I thank you for, a, for that assurance of salvation, Lord. God, I pray that, that, that the word that was shared today, Lord, the, the hearts that it felt on, Lord, the, 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 the swirl that it felt on today, Lord, I pray that, that you will make it fertile, Lord. <laughs> In Jesus' name, Lord. And God, I thank you for, for each and every person here, Lord. Thank you that there's no pressure to impress in your kingdom, Lord. Thank you that we belong, Lord. That we can know that, Lord. That you change the definition of what it means to belong, Lord. From fitting into a mold to accepting a gift that you give to us, Lord. And forgive us, Lord, for approaching your, your kingdom, Lord, in an earthly way, Lord. Trying, trying to impress you, Lord. We want to lay that down today, Lord. I pray that we will lay that down today, Lord. And where everybody is planted, Lord, I pray that, that your grace, Lord, and the power of your grace will be with us, Lord, to operate in your, in your kingdom, Lord, where we are planted, Lord. 
thank you for today, Lord. We worship you, Lord, and we worship your name, Lord. And I pray that we will always be a, a, a people, Lord, that, that worships you in what we do, Lord, in everything that we do, Lord. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.